Welcome to the Potable Picture Show. Let's do it. Look out, it's episode 0092, titled Heathen and Matt Need Butt Massages. You've entered the Potable Picture Show, your podcast dedicated to motion pictures and drinking liquors. I'm your host, Kevin McRae. I founded the Sierra Nevada Movie Club, and then I left it, and then I came back again. This is your podcast dedicated to all things movie-related topics fun things, and drinking. I must warn you, this podcast may contain some four-letter words and maybe some seven-letter words, and some of them not appropriate for all ages. Keep that in mind. On today's episode, we have a cocktail and cocktail corner. We've got Kevin on film history. We've got Blarv on um, movie news. Those are actually the same person. In feature presentation, we have Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Beer Maker Matt is going to present a rank, and then that is it for this week. But there'll be a lot in there. Don't take it for granted. Let's head into the cantina and get today's show started. I've ascended the 27 stairs. I've entered the VIP booth at the top of the cantina. I am here where I don't like you and my friend doesn't like you either. Sitting to the left of me with his bottle of beer camp from Sierra Nevada, Tropical IPA. His name is Beer Maker Matt. My favorite four-letter word is beer. How do you like that uh, Tropical IPA? I tried it at uh, Shenanigans and it was interesting. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. It there's definitely some tropical flavors in there. It's more tropical than IPA, I believe. I do have a news story on IPA later. By the way, the news since Ethan's not doing the news today, the the news is a little bit light. It's more like things I heard while I was in the bathroom, sitting uh, on the right of me, wearing a yellow old Saint Francis shirt from McMinimins. And a smile. <laughs> I didn't recognize her with that smile because it's it's just very unusual. Her name is Ethan. My favorite four-letter word is fuck. <laughs> My favorite one is twat, I think. <laughs> I was going to say dong, but... <laughs> Dong's a pretty funny one. That's kind of gay sounding. Dong. I guess that would have been good. Watch where you going, you fucking dong. <laughs> See, this is why you don't let children listen to this podcast all right let's give you a little bit of knowledge if you are a child and listening <laughs> in film history yeah. 
Ring in when you know the person I'm talking about, which you probably will not get. <laughs> Born on this day, July 16th, 1967, he turns 49 today. Born in Irvine, California. Before fame in high school, he was captain of the basketball team. He was also a kicker on the football team, and he would do comedy on the school's intercon system. He graduated USC with a degree in sports information. You may know him from Saturday Night Live and such films as Step Brothers, Old School, and um, Ron Burgundy. His name is Will Ferrell. Yeah, I was trying to think of his name. <laughs> I thought that was pretty interesting. I didn't know that stuff about all the sports stuff, so I guess that mean that makes sense why he does all the sports movies and yeah. shit and always doing that stuff. Talladega Nights, Tropic... Um, the basketball one, whatever it was called, Tropic Storm, or whatever that one was. Mm, the no. one the one where he did the baseball thing for HBO, which yeah, I never watched. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what else he did. Anywho, happy birthday. If you are new to the show or you're just waiting for things to get going, anytime you hear a sound about hitting a baby... Uh, that's, that's fine to hit this baby. Drink along with us at home. And if you finish your drink, then ring your own bell. I did not finish a drink, but I'm just letting you know what to do. Kevin drinks his beer with his penis. That's why he's unzipping his pants. Gross. Absolutely gross. <laughs> All right, you ready for some fake news? Oh my God. I- <laughs> it's a remix. The newsman will come on and he'll go, he'll go, good evening, everybody. This is the newsman. Whatever he says, he's not going to say that. <laughs> and he goes, our top story tonight. Here's a tip for you at home, because we are on the radio and you cannot see this via video camera, but I try to operate my soundboard <laughs> with my big toe nowadays, because I think it's really fun, but my big toe <laughs> isn't as agile as it might be for some sapien creatures. So the news today are basically things I've heard or talked about or mentioned on Facebook or I heard, and I didn't really write anything down other than literally like this one is two words. Butt plug? Which I do need my phone for. Heathen, can you go grab my phone out in front of the TV real quick? That's a long ways away. (laughs) That's all right. We'll wait for you to come back. In the meantime, we'll hit a baby. That's fine to hit this baby. Uh, It's fine to hit that baby. Hmm. Other TV. Another remix. Yeah, two beers. Mm. Have you heard anything news and noteworthy recently, Beer Maker Matt? Mm, um, no, not that just Ghostbusters released. I haven't even heard what... How the, what, how yeah. the reviews are going. They're actually, um, pleasantly enough, are getting... Some some mixed reviews, but we'll see. Um, but let's talk about... I heard about a guy who's an American that became a Chinese movie star. Yeah, that's easy to do. I almost did that. <laughs> well, that was what I started to research. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a really famous name. like Dashan or something. He's Canadian, not American, but he's like the biggest star in the world over there because he was like the first foreigner to speak Chinese fluently. He's on TV everywhere. He has an own line of books. Hmm. All this stuff. I'm sure he gets lots of sideways pussy. Um, all right. I'll start with the first news. So I, I mentioned this on Facebook a little bit ago a couple times. The first thing. So either of you familiar with the Dark Tower series from Stephen King? Yeah. No. 
Uh, Matt, have you read any of the Dark Tower no. series? Okay. <laughs> there are about seven books. They're all huge. I think it's something like 50,000 words altogether. Um, one of the things that bothers me and why I want to talk about this news, even though I've talked about it before, it's really interesting hearing other movie shows talk about this because a lot of them are familiar with Stephen King. They're familiar with these books, but they're like, I wouldn't read that. It's so big. I mean, they all made themselves like a, like a bunch of dummies. The other thing that's interesting, so uh, I was I was interested in the casting. So it's Idris Elba who's playing the the main guy who is described in the books as a Clint Eastwood man with no name type character. So it's very different than how I imagined. I had heard that Matthew McConaughey had been cast too. I assumed he was going to play that part because I could picture him more than Idris Elba is, you know, the man with no name, cowboy, spaghetti western. Well, Elba, I mean, if you've seen any of his like TV shows, I think he was in like what Luther and some other Luther, things. Luther, The Wire. So I can I can definitely see him playing that kind of role. But I, I I actually I really like Idris Elba. Like most people, I think he'll be a badass in this role. It's just not who I really pictured. Right, yeah. He's yeah. I picture. I mean, I really think he could um, do well in this. Anyway, that's one thing. Recently, they've come out because um, Ron Howard had been trying to make this movie for a while, and it was like, how are we going to condense 550,000, 500,000, whatever is words, stories, seven books into a movie? Just like Game of Thrones originally was going to maybe be a movie, and that would have been a disaster had they not made it an HBO show, because there's no way you could fit everything they've done on the TV show, even if you cut out... Even on the TV show, they've already cut out a bunch of side stories and characters and everything, because those are also big books... But if you cut it down so much, you're, you're going to lose the uniqueness to it. Um, so I don't know how far they're going to stretch this book, but what they are doing is it's actually a sequel to the books, which in a way makes sense. It makes more commercial sense, but I can't really tell you why it makes sense without spoiling the movie too much. And again, the people talking about it on a lot of the movie shows I've talked about are like, oh, I don't care if it's a sequel or if they've changed things because I've never read the book, so I won't know what they're changing. One way I can word it without ruining anything is how the Star Trek reboot rebooted everything somewhat based on a parallel universe, like this is a different timeline that could have happened. That is in a similar way how the Dark Tower movie will be is it will probably mirror the books pretty much exactly for most things and it will probably just change the ending which is the likely thing i have heard one thing i don't like is they've changed some of the main characters they've um the, one of the main characters in the book is named jake and he's um i don't know how old he is like 13 or something and they've raised his age to like be in his 20s and I don't really think that's a great idea, but it's kind of hard to work with children long-term, I suppose, especially if they're doing sequels. So that is... Oh, and one thing that um, they can cut out that they won't be able to do... Well, you look really restless, Heathen. What do you want to add? That's a long piece of news. <laughs> well, jump in at any time. I don't have anything to say other than that. <laughs> um, so the Dark Tower series in the book, the Dark Tower connects nearly every one of Stephen King's stories. Um, he's got probably characters from eight or nine different books in the Dark Tower series. They're not going to be able to do that in the movie because they don't have movie rights to all of those characters. Um, the Shining, um, 
Lost in Atlantis or whatever that one's called. It, all kinds of things like that. But it's not entirely that necessary, I guess, to have the film rights to all of that. Similar to how Ender's Game, they have Steven Spielberg directing it. And in the book of Ender's Game, they reference Spielberg several, several, several times because he had a lot to do with the 80s. And they're not going to be able to get all the rights to that. Also, Steven Spielberg doesn't want to use all of his um, stories in, in the movie. Although he should, it's part of the reason they wanted to get him as a director is so that they could get rights to all of those things. What do you think, Heathen, about Steven Spielberg not getting the rights to all of, or not using all of his movies in the book, movie adaptation of Ender's Game, or the Dark Tower movie not being able to use? I don't have anything to say. You don't care? No. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for your contribution. You think anything about that, Matt? Um, I mean, the Dark Tower's on my list of books to to read, so I, I might try and read those before the the movie but um yeah i either way i think i'd probably enjoy it yeah good cast um and i think a pretty good series are you making drawing this out just to see what kind of reaction you get from me i'm not trying to draw anything out i'm just kind of bothered that you keep like rolling your eyes constantly and scowling i'm not rolling my eyes um, so the second news story, which also isn't really a news story, is everyone expected the, the second Rogue One trailer to drop yesterday. They had a Star Wars celebration in Europe. Last year when they did this, they had showed to the audience the Force Awakens trailer, and pretty much simultaneously the trailer appeared everywhere on the internet. Um, and if it didn't, they did another trailer. So last year they did a behind-the-scenes thing on ABC, and I think after Jimmy Kimmel or something, they showed The Force Awakens. They did something similar again on ABC last night where they showed the same footage or similar footage they had showed earlier in the day at Star Wars Celebration Day. And everyone was glued to their TV, taking a break from Pokemon Go. And still no Rogue One trailer. <laughs> um, it had been shown in Europe. It's just that live feed had been cut off. So it is revealed, and we already knew this, that Darth Vader... Um, is going to be in the new Rogue One movie, um, but it has been revealed that he does make an appearance in the trailer. If you don't know, Rogue One takes place between somewhere between Episode 3 and Episode 4, probably not too far before Episode 4, because Rogue One, uh, Episode 4, starts with Princess Leia trying to get rid of um, the Death Star plans, and that's how R2 ends up on Tatooine. And Rogue One, the whole movie, is about how these guys have went and stolen the um, Death Star plans. So did you see the, the trailer, the new trailer? I have not seen the trailer. There's a crappy leaked version of it that I just decided to wait till they released the good one. Now they're saying maybe Comic-Con is when it will come out. Hmm. What do you think, Heathen, about the Rogue One trailer not surfacing on TV? And Darth Vader returning to the big screen <laughs> in a Star Wars movie? I'm super interested in it. And James Earl Jones is reprising his role as the voice of Darth Vader. Even better. (laughs) She's at the edge of her seat. Yeah, that's why I have this baby. What do you think, Matt? About the Rogue One trailer? Or Um, James Earl Jones? I'm not that excited. I mean, it... I I can see why people are excited about the trailer, but I'm, I'm excited for the movie. I don't really need to... 
see the trailer. I don't need to be baited anymore. Yeah, um, I don't think the first trailer looks super great. Um, I already knew that Darth Vader was going to be in it. I don't really need to see him in the trailer anymore, but I know that for the people that maybe aren't as aware that that might be a good catch. People that are going to see the movie are going to see it anyway, regardless of Darth Vader or not, but it might bring some people that are on the fence that maybe aren't big Star Wars fans. They're like, oh, I like that Darth Vader guy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't really know people that don't watch Star Wars movies other than Heathen. Um, I was watching a little bit of the making of the movie, and the guy, Gareth Edwards, I think, is the guy directing this one. He was saying, yeah, it's a lot like, he's like, you can't, you you, want to be true to the originals, but you also have to add something new, or you're not really making it interesting. And he said, in a way, this is a lot like being a four-year-old kid again, when I just used to have all my toys, and I just would play with them, and I'd make them do things. Now I'm doing it, but in real life with like a bunch of <laughs> giant stormtroopers it's just like a giant sandbox of playing with your toys it seems pretty fun all right last news story is called ipa equals psychopath according to a new study by scientists at the university of innsbruck in Aust- austria you're more likely to exhibit malevolent personality traits if you crave bitter flavors like ipas or something like black coffee Basically, there's actual research to support the idea that all IPA lovers out there might have souls as dark as their preferred beer. (laughs) Is that why America's going to hell? Maybe. (laughs) Um, The base of the theory is that evolution has taught humans to beware bitter tastes as warning signs of something toxic. So the people that prefer those flavors are basically getting a thrill from living life on the edge. Which kind of makes sense. I, it took me a while to um, acquire the taste for coffee as well. I, I never understood why people could like black coffee as a kid because it just doesn't taste good. It's, I even remember learning about this either in high school or college that the human body does not crave flavors like coffee naturally. So yeah, hmm. people that like IPAs and coffee are, are psychopaths. What do you think about that, Beer Maker Matt? Uh, luckily, I don't drink coffee because i really don't like the flavor and i'm not a huge ipa fan i drink it because that's usually the only thing that's at a bar that i haven't had before have you ever had anal sex in a bar i have not have you ever had bob dylan in a bar (laughs) i've I've probably listened to bob dylan in a bar okay well you don't have to do that then but (laughs) maybe the other one (laughs) What about you, Heathen? Maybe they should make a coffee-flavored IPA. They probably uh, do. Surely, yeah. Okay, well, that's, that's my only input. <laughs> are you a psychopath? Probably. Do you like this beer? I like the bitter stuff. <laughs> you are bitter. You uh, yeah. drank so, so much bitter, you, you became bitter. I think my flavor would be salty. <laughs> yeah, you and do milky. kind of hurt when there's already a wound there. I'm like just a, add salt to it. If I was a cocktail, I think I'd be a gray, uh, salty dog, which is a greyhound with salt. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And my uh, stripper name, if I was a gay dancer, would be Chardonnay. All right. Beer maker Matt, if you were a cocktail, what kind of drink would you be? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I would be a... I think you'd be a Jolly Rancher shooter. <laughs> Probably like a watermelon Jolly Rancher shooter. Mm-hmm. It would have to be something with like Jack Daniels in it or something, or a whiskey or 
Wouldn't that be a Jolly Rancher? No, I no, think that's that's like apple pucker with... and vodka. I think mm. it could be like a, yeah, Jack Daniels and maybe like an apple and a roofie or something. Yeah. Let's head into cocktail corner. Oh my god! <laughs> I see America drinking the fabulous cocktails I make. America's getting yeah. stinking on something I stir or shake. Okay, on Cocktail Corner today, we're not really necessarily a drink that's themed with the movie, although um, the uh, Mike or Dave, one of them, is an at-well in the beginning. They're both alcohol distributors, so it doesn't really matter what alcohol we do, although the movie does start with tequila. We are doing a version of a mule. There's lots of mules. The basic ingredients to a mule is vodka and ginger ale and lime juice. We are going to do a Reno mule. To um, represent Reno, we've got a little bit of the spicy to represent the heat and the nightlife. And then we've got a little bit of sweet to represent um, the indulgence of Reno and the outdoors and Tahoe and things like that. So we're, we're going along with mainly the basic ingredients. So we have um, two kinds of vodka. <clears throat> We have ginger-infused vodka for a little bit of the spicy, and we have some of our whipped vodka from last week for a little bit of the sweet. For a mule, you're going to get a mule, one of those copper cups if you have. If you don't, then something similar, a coffee mug or a tumbler. What about a mint julep glass? I'm going to use a mint julep glass for us because I actually do not have a copper um, mule cup. So what is the significance between the copper cup? I don't know the significance of a coffee cup. I did not look that part up, and I do not really know the the significance of a mint julep cup. Although for it to be <laughs> mint julep, it does have to be in a gold cup, or it's not a mint julep. It's called something else. Um, anyways, let's a see. A gold cup? I thought they were just silver. Maybe, but it has to be real silver. Anywho's, um, so for for a one one uh, of your drinks, you're going to do a. Um, Maybe about a half an ounce or an ounce of lime juice. You're going to do about an ounce and a half of some ginger vodka, about an ounce and a half of your sweet uh, whipped vodka. I've also went ahead and made some jalapeno simple syrup. And you can go ahead and start pouring that beer maker mat, maybe about halfway in each of those cups or so. I made a jalapeno simple syrup, again, to go with the spicy and the sweet. So simple syrup, you just boil some water, throw some sugar in there, let it simmer down. If you want to flavor it with mint or jalapenos or ginger, you just let that in there and it will get the flavor. I tried to put a lot of the jalapeno seeds in this one to, to get the spicy. And then, like I said, so about an ounce of the lime juice, about an ounce and a half of each of the vodkas, and um, just a squirt of the jalapeno simple syrup. I would say um, quarter of an ounce, maybe half an ounce in there. And you're going to put that in your cup, and then you're going to fill with ginger ale. I made sure for this one to go along with the sweet and spicy to get the extra ginger ginger ale. We're using Reed's, I believe, Jamaican-style spicy ginger ale. And um, we've got an opener here if you need it. Oh, you got that. I, I wasn't sure. And you're just going to... Fill to the top, and this is going to be our form of a Reno Mule. Um, 
I didn't really get the measurements exact, so these might be a little bit stronger than usual, I anticipate. But we'll see. We'll see how the flavors marry together with the sweet and spicy. You are going to garnish this with a wedge of lime and maybe a sprig of mint or just um, slap the mint um, together and put on top. The idea of the mint and the idea of the slapping is when you slap it, that it activates the oils. So that's where you're going to smell. A lot of cocktails is about the aroma that you get as you bring the glass to your mouth. Um, because as everyone knows, taste is whatever, 80% smell something like that so i guess the reason for the cup is an owner of a vodka distillery smirnoff and somebody one of his friends who sold a ginger beer both of them were having a hard time selling yeah, the no. vodka and selling the ginger beer mm -hmm. so they came up with making this moscow mule and putting it in a copper cup and printed with a kicking mule. Okay, I know I know where the Moscow Mule came from. Yeah, it was, it was one two of guys the most that... successful marketing campaigns in cocktail history. Yeah, I knew about the two business guys who were both having trouble selling their vodka and ginger ale, so they just mm. decided to combine it together to make a drink that would sell. But so that was like their branding or their marketing was a copper cup with a with a kicking mule, and that was like a way to to get known or a a logo kind of thing. Sounds like. You can still buy original copper mugs from the 1940s at flea markets and on eBay hmm. for around $120. <laughs> All right, Heathen, or Beer Maker Matt, anything to drink to? Um, Ghostbusters tomorrow. All right, we are having another Sunday Funday meet and greet with Ghostbusters. I don't know what's related to that. We were thinking about maybe doing a Bloody Mary bar beforehand, but because that's sort of Ghostbuster, I suppose. I don't know. All right, let's drink to that. What's wrong, human? Oh, I was just going to say the theme of this podcast is remixing all of our sounds today. Not, do not doing it intentionally. <laughs> And even though I said that these were made strong, I, I, it's another it's pretty good. It's another cocktail where I can't taste the alcohol in it. I saw beer maker Matt make it, and it was really about 50-50 alcohol to ginger ale, maybe a little bit more ginger ale, but I, I can honestly only really taste lime and ginger ale. Mm -hmm. I taste the... I get a little bit of the sweet, not necessarily the vodka, but a little bit of that, the whipped, the vanilla. I yeah, I can taste the ginger, too. From the ginger ale or from the from the vodka? I think the vodka because I can take. I know the ginger ale brew. This is pretty good. I like it. I was thinking about maybe doing a cayenne rim. I say that for a lot of the drinks that are a little bit syrupy, but no, the, the you are a cayenne rim. The jalapeno simple syrup was um is neat. Yeah. It's, it's it's a really neat drink. I would like to have one pitcher of these by the pool. It's still a little bit too sweet for me. I need a little bit more of this. It's good, though. There's a lot of neat flavors in there. It's layered very well. All right, let's head into feature presentation.
This week in feature presentation, we're talking about Mike and Dave need wedding dates with a runtime of an hour and 38 minutes. Here is the synopsis from 20th Century Fox, the studio that released this film. Hard partying brothers Mike, played by Adam Devine, and Dave, played by Zac Efron, place an online ad to find the perfect dates, played by Anna Kendrick and Aubrey Plaza. They're trying to find dates for their sister's Hawaiian wedding. Hoping for a wild getaway, the boys instead find themselves outsmarted and outpartied by the uncontrollable duo. This is the debut theatrical feature film from Jake Szymanski. This film, as it says in the beginning, when we first uh, have the credit or the, the movie start, is inspired by the true story of brothers Mike and Dave Stangle, who placed an ad on Craigslist seeking dates for their cousin's wedding in October of 2013. In the ad, the Stangles describe their ideal date as attractive, or, or our aunts will judge you, not too attractive, or one of our uncles might grope you, easygoing, as we'll probably make up flattering lies about you on the spot, and preferably sisters, but we'll take friends or even enemies. They also needed to own their own dresses, because we don't have any, and they followed this by a quote, We're both in our 20s, single, dashingly tall, Anglo-Saxon, respectively athletic, love to party, completely house-trained, relaxed, passionate, smell great, have cool hair, clean up nice, boast great tie collections, Promise to shave, love our mother, have seen love actually several times, controversial, provocative, short-sighted, with a big-picture mentality, raw, emotional, sensitive, but still bad boys. According to the Times Union website, the Stengel Brothers' real-life Craig's ad went viral, got them onto Today Show, and created such a stir that the brothers found themselves with a book and movie deal. They actually sold the movie rights for like $6 million or something like that wow. for this movie. <clears throat> All um, because of a Craigslist And that's kind of funny because in the original ad, it somewhat alludes to what came of it. They said in their ad, if this happens, we estimate the chances at 85% um, about becoming a movie. We refuse to let Ashton Kutcher play either one of our characters. However, we will consider him for a supporting role. <laughs> so somewhat prophetic there. The real life Mike and Dave do make a cameo in the scene. If you can remember the scene where Cousin Terry offers to be the middle of a sandwich between two men as they walk by. If you remember that, it's like <laughs> in the hotel uh-huh. lobby. That's the real life Mike and Dave. Hmm. Um, T.J. Miller, um, you might know him from Silicon Valley or Deadpool. He was offered a role in the film, but he turned it down to do Deadpool. I'm thinking he was probably would have played the part of that Kamel Nanjiani played as the masseuse, although I have no idea what else. <laughs> He would have played because the only other parts were like the the husband and the big fat black guy from Breaking Bad. Um, so the one actress that plays the sister, the one getting married, her name is Sugar Lynn Beard. That is such a weird name. She uh she had an interview where she's talking about doing that, filming that scene with Kamel Nanjiani, the one where she's getting massaged. Mm-hmm. She says, we were naked together for a really long time, and as you can see, that's not digital. Our butts are rubbing against each other. (laughs) But he was such a professional. He had a sack and a little bag that goes over his unit, and there's a lot of sliding, so sometimes the bag would get loose. By the eighth hour, I was like, who cares? Just let it go. And Kumail was not having it. He's such a professional. Unlike me, 
I was just like, just rub your dick on my back. What do I care? <laughs> <laughs> but but the day I laughed so much. I'm normally pretty good about keeping it together, but that day I just couldn't do it. Thank goodness I'm having like convulsive orgasms in that scene because laughing actually worked as I was underneath him. <laughs> Which is a pretty funny scene. One of the funnier visual scenes. Butt <clears throat> on butt action <clears throat> as he's suspended from ropes. Um... When I was in China, I had a lot of massages pretty much every week. I can't really think of any that were that unusual. I never had any butt-on-butt action. They have like that new porn, the Nuru massage, where they just coat you down in the oil and the girl slides all up and down you and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I've never had that either. I didn't even have like the Thai stone massage until I came back to Reno, where they put the hot stones on your back. Trying to think of the weirdest thing. They did have, they did do a lot of weird feet massages in, in China where they would put your feet in different kinds of like boiling mud. Do they do happy endings in China or is that just an American? No, thing? no, they do all the time. I never, and this is honest truth because I would admit it, I never got one. I was actually um, worried about it. There was one time I thought about doing it just so I could say I, I did it because at one point in my life I just wanted to do a bunch of things just so one day if I ever wrote a book I'd be like, yeah, I got jacked off in China. But, um, and I had a friend, Beijing Dan, that had sort of the same thought, and he he actually went down to do it, like, as a study. Like, I'm going to go do it, just to do it. And he said that he just couldn't get into it, and he ended up giving the masseuse an English lesson the whole time. <laughs> he just couldn't go through with it. On the other hand, most of the other white Americans, or I shouldn't say white Americans, but foreigners, um, were that's exclusively what they were looking for. I remember this guy, Robert. Uh, one of his first weeks in China was just going around trying to, uh, he was sticking his finger in his hand and saying like, Mm. I want this, I want this, running around. I don't know. Americans are gross. All foreigners are gross. I mean, there's nothing wrong. You know, the one thing is is it's not a happy ending in China. They do it um, near the beginning or about halfway through because they want you to be relaxed for the rest of your massage instead of just anticipating it. So that that actually makes sense. Like, let's just get this out of the way. Now you can enjoy your massage. What do you think about that, Helen? I think it's gross. I don't know. Which part? Um, happy endings and all of that. I think you need to keep it professional or go to a house and get a happy ending there because that's what they're there for. But what if you want a massage? I'm pretty sure they can do that too. Maybe not well. Maybe they're not certified. I don't know. Just my I think the thought. masseuse would be better at that than the... Yeah. She can harness your. She can pull your chi out through your wiener. You need to drain the negative energy, drain it into this napkin. Ethan's not having it. Um, yeah, the, I think the only I've had a couple massages didn't really feel that good. I did have one where they were doing like the um, I don't know what you call it the the not jujitsu whatever where they're like chopping you. Jujitsu. Yeah, and they were just chopping up and down my leg, and they kept getting the tip of my wiener. That normally, I don't know, that's just kind of weird where they're just getting the tip, and they're just chopping it just a little bit. Not so much that it hurt, but not so much that it felt good either. Do you ever have any unusual massage experiences, even? No. Nothing that was painful or uncomfortable or just like a weird technique where like they just pulled out like a, a wooden spoon and just started slapping you with it? No, don't. <clears throat> the massage that I had before this last one was kind of painful. And I don't know if it's because she was being rough or because I needed toxins out of my body, so I just kind of let it happen. But now you in had, the end, it wasn't. You had light really therapy recently. 
Light therapy chakra, massage. Chakra. Yeah. So, so how was that? That was pretty fun. That was pretty fun because well, the table moves. Explain how that works. Well, it has the rainbow lights um, above you. All different kinds at the same time? Or yeah. is it like a light show, like a Pink Floyd concert? No, it stays on the whole time. And then you put these headphones on and you lay on the table and the table goes through different rolling things and vibrating things. That and sounds kind of sexual. And you're listening to your music. It was really neat. Hmm. My last massage, though, I fell asleep twice. Yeah, I'd probably fall asleep. I've that never, was pretty funny. <laughs> I've never had like a professional massage, but I'd probably pass out. Well, because I caught myself going, you know, <laughs> and I was like, oh, wake up. <laughs> so I think it's probably somewhat common to, I, I guess, for a man to become aroused during massage, if he's being massaged by a woman. I don't know. It's never really happened to me, but... I suspect that could happen. I had a friend visit me in China. What I like to do a lot in China, because massages were so cheap and we did them so often, is we just do them in the same room together. And it wasn't as much indulgent. I mean, it still was. I always enjoyed it. But we would sit there and we would talk sometimes. It's just like a good way to unwind and we could still talk about it. Sometimes we'd have the TV on and we'd be sitting up like in a lazy boy type thing where someone's rubbing our shoulders and we'd be watching him TV. Anyway, we had one with a few of us in a room and I had a friend visiting and he fell asleep while getting massage, and I'm pretty sure he got like a huge boner somewhere in there. Because when he woke up, he seemed extremely. Because I, I was, I, we were, the massage was still going on, but he seemed extremely surprised and not sure of where he was at and what was happening. And then also, he seemed a little bit embarrassed. I'm feeding into all of this, so I don't know what was happening. It just that was what I was reading by his um, body motions as he became alert. All right, let's talk about weddings. And parties. Let's talk about parties first. Do you know anybody that has been... So Mike and Dave, the the idea of the story is that they ruin every single family gathering because they take it too far. They try to uplift the... Or, um, you know, take the party the next notch. And a lot of it has to go around... Or, or for them, centers around um, trying to impress or meet women. Um, it, does, it doesn't have to meet all these criteria, but... Do you can you think of a person or, or an event or a particular time where someone is just either constantly ruined um, gatherings or at least ruined any gatherings at all, or just someone maybe you don't even maybe you don't you're uncomfortable even nowadays inviting over to a party or an event. Everyone already knows my answer, but yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't really think of any... You've never had an event ruined or anything awkward or someone drank too much, someone died. Um, office parties, this happens a lot where someone drinks too much and then it's embarrassing the rest of the year. Nothing like that. Um, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I've had office party things happen. I'm just trying to remember because I know there's been a couple of them where I was like, that's it, Is it because is it it's usually you? Yeah, that's probably what it is. Thanks. How about you, Matt? Ever had any family events ruined? Maybe not ruined, but... No, nothing <clears throat> Nothing due to, like, yeah, shenanigans. I've had, like, a party that I was throwing after my dad got remarried that got broken up by my stepsister. Was that she, was kind of... Was she not happy that he was getting remarried, or what was... No, it was because it was we were having it at my dad's house. 
<laughs> while they were on their honeymoon. Um, oh. and so they, it was a party for him that he wasn't there for. It was like basically I was in charge of returning the cake. Like it was almost oh. a full keg of beer left over from the wedding. So it was just a party. So I was just trying to yeah get rid of the beer before I returned the keg. Makes I mean sense. why? Why are you gonna return a full keg? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it ended up happening. Like I had some friends that invited like an entire football team from the one of the local community colleges. And it was a good party. Nothing happened um, except that it was, you know, obviously a little loud. It was like in an apartment complex. Mm-hmm. Um, so my stepsister um, was at my stepmom's house, which was like right down the street. So she, you know, saw all the people coming in and obviously heard the party and came in and, and broke it up. And then uh, as people were leaving, they were obviously pissed that the party was broken up and um, created a lot of damage in the uh, the apartment complex um, that I ultimately had to pay for because it was my fault because they were there for my party. Mm. So that sucks. Yeah, I had a I had a friend that would always throw parties like that, and he just eventually had to stop. And he always had really good parties, but it just became where they were known as good parties. So especially when social media and cell phones and everything become prevalent, you just couldn't have a small party anymore because it would, instead of being 20, 30, 40 people, it'd always be a hundred over a hundred people in like a little house. And it would be people that would cause trouble. I mean, a hundred people that are somewhat respectable is still too many, but you get a couple of guys that just want to come in there and cause a fight. So I used to do, as part of my bartending, I used to uh, I worked for a catering company, and I was a bartender for this catering company. It was mostly weddings. I remember one wedding; it was for some friends of mine, and the bride's brother had just recently returned from Iraq, and just big dude, just huge chip on his shoulder. I don't know what his problem was. I remember him. Her dad, or no, his dad, someone's dad, came out and told me to cut the guy off, um, which was kind of scary. And when I told him that he couldn't have any more, he like went and punched the side of the wall and just started yelling. He hadn't even drank really that much at the point. Sometime while I was outside, he got in a fight with... So he was a brother of the groom. I'm sorry, a, a brother of the bride. He got in an argument and nearly fist fight with the father of the groom. Like in the middle of the dance floor and everything. Like the middle of the party. It, it really, I felt bad for the couple because they're just, they're, they're kind of, um, they're not white, I, I'm, they're like a country couple, but, you know, nothing wrong with that, just very polite people and everything to the earth and, and to the ground, and um, I just felt bad that that is a memory that will always ruin their wedding, so it didn't really run it in a, in a fun way. Um, I've had a lot of events that I've tried to tried to steer my brother from not doing anything too weird. I tried to t- take his destructive energies and and harness them into more creative ways like you know how the people that tie the cans and stuff onto the car and that just got married like i'll try to have him go do that he'll usually write something like just fuck or something on the back of the windshield instead of just got married but it's still better than going out and um in the middle of the dance floor deciding to jump off the roof onto the card table which he's done before like because he thinks he's in a wrestling event or i don't know what the reason behind that was um anyway and also a person that i tried not to unfortunately because i really like hanging out with him but i try to not invite him to a lot of events because i'm afraid of what will end up happening 
How about... I had a... I think it was like my first company Christmas party ever. And so I went and got a really nice dress and I paid to get my hair done. And my boss got so drunk that she hit on my boyfriend and my boyfriend went home with her. What? Yeah, that was pretty shitty. Like a week later, they moved in together too. Super fun. (laughs) (laughs) I've never had anything like that happen. It was pretty shitty. (laughs) There's a spider up there though. You better kill it. I'm busy right now. Mm, press pause. <laughs> no, I'm busy. Um, so I do like the idea, and I've always agreed, that going to a wedding as a single guy, it is good to go single and not go with a date. But I've never really had a chance to, myself, to take advantage of that. Because I haven't really been to that many weddings. They've mostly been family weddings, like my mom's wedding and... Um, I guess that one of that one one of them I was talking about was some friends getting married, and then the ones where I was catering seems like as a bartender at a wedding, like you can't have a better setup to meet people. But I was honestly just so busy because you get there, you set up, you're working, you work really hard as a bartender at a wedding. I mean, I'd much rather do that than actually uh, bring out the plates and everything because you're you're slow until it's time for the bar to open, and then you're just like fifty people deep pretty much the whole time. And then it tapers off, and then it's time to break down and go home. So you you get a chance for a lot of flirting and a lot of talking, but honestly, like, no time for follow-up. Um, what about you guys? Have you ever uh, had the advantage of using a wedding as a meeting place for... Um, it seems like it's easier for men, because women always... I mean, everything's easy for women. I'm yeah. just saying it's the one time that men have almost an equal advantage, because... Women seem to be, there's a lot of free-flowing alcohol, everyone's in a good mood, and there's just multiple reasons why a woman might want to do something. Maybe they just want to get married too, maybe they just want to have a good time, maybe they're depressed because someone's getting married, so they just want to get drunk and fuck someone. It just seems like a whole line of things that that, um, that men don't usually get a chance for. But anyway, either one of you guys... Um, Nope. I've always either been in a relationship or you know gone to a wedding with somebody, never been able to take advantage of the going to a wedding single yeah what about you Helen? um no <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't i mean the the idea sounds appealing but it it, it doesn't that's not something that i would want to do is to go to a wedding and try to pick up somebody i'm not into that <laughs> like i want to go and have fun isn't that with fun a date and enjoy the wedding i don't want to sit there and be like hmm that's not. Well, you don't sit there and go, hmm. You actually do stuff. You go dance. Get drink, drunk, have yeah, fun, and then... Yeah. That's really fun. Most of the weddings that I have been to, there hasn't been a lot of single people. So I, I, I guess that's why it doesn't... That's, I guess, true for me a little bit, even had I been single. The most, a lot of them weren't a lot of single people, and the ones that were single were like... Mm, yeah, you're single for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, there's a couple of bridesmaids. Oh, no, that's just one bridesmaid. Just looks like two. <laughs> Heathen doesn't approve this message. <laughs> That's fine to hit this baby. Okay, so in this movie, um, there's a part that you can see in the preview where um, they have damaged the sister and they call her Burn Victim Barbie and Black Ken. 
if you had to market uh, Barbie and Ken, maybe based on people you know or family members, do you have any Barbie and Kins that you could sell? I couldn't think of any. I have um, White Trash Barbie and Bad Decision Ken. Those are based on two of my family members. <laughs> I have Manic Depressive Barbie and Undersized Ken, which are also based on um, some of my family members. And then I had trouble thinking of Barbies or words for them because I have like some family members or aunts or people that could have, I mean, basically just Barbie doll looking anyway. I couldn't think of any like short Barbie. So anyway, I just put two of the Kins together. I have Caveman King and Kung Fu Ken. And I think that that would be a good package. And I think someone definitely should play with Caveman Ken and Kung Fu Ken. How about you, uh, Beer Maker Matt? Any? Uh, well, my, my current relationship would probably be like uh, IT Ken and Hippie Barbie. Um, Interesting. <clears throat> other than that, yeah, I was thinking maybe like... Uh, Mix mutt American Barbie or, or Ken or Ken, yeah, like um, multiracial Barbie, yeah, multi multiracial Barbie and mulatto Ken. I thought about like Hobbit Ken, but <laughs> Hobbit Ken would be good. So, going back to this, uh, the Stinger, Stinger Brothers, Sting, Stinger, what are they called? Stingles, Sting, yeah, with their ad. Um, Heathen, I know that you've you've been prone to using the Craigslist and other things. Um, have you ever come across an interesting ad or made an interesting ad yourself? Have you ever had an ad? No, I don't think anyone's. I don't any of us have ever had an ad that's gone viral. But you have any any good Craigslist marketing? I'm trying to. I sometimes I see some really funny ones. Um, I, I, like ones where it's a. A female dog, and they're talking about it's been neutered. Like, really, you don't know the difference? That's interesting. Or um, there was a really weird commune one about come live out in the sticks with us. We'll make our own mm-hmm. community. The the funny ones I've seen haven't really been local. They've been something I've found through the Internet. They've gone viral also. There, there are a lot of times where if like a, a football team where someone maybe put, puts a misconnection or a looking for, and it's like a quarterback for the city's football team. And those a lot of times are really funny or like job job offered and it's for like a quarterback. Um, but the way they word it is usually pretty funny. And then they end up going viral. I've, I've never come up with anything that funny before. I actually, I've put up ads looking for people to be, uh, make part of a, a music project or... Um, sort of a music slash theater project and i thought that it was worded pretty well and most of the ads i got back were negative they're just like you're being very uh stereotypical and prejudiced in the words you're using no one would want to be part of this it sounds like a high school blah blah. and and i'm pretty sure it's just like a six-year-old guy that doesn't understand what i'm talking about who's just like played guitar for 80 years and is just grumpy and is just mad that people are out doing things that are fun because that's that's what i imagine the ads i'm getting like, how dare you use, like, geek in your ad? Because I use, like, drama geek. Like if, And I was like, that's people identify as being a drama geek. It's not a negative thing. Mm-hmm. No one would ought to be involved with this if you're going to call them geeks. All right. Step off. I don't off, understand why people would even reply if they didn't agree. I know. And then I ended up responding to him, which is just a waste of my time as well. And he actually ended up apologizing eventually. So, all right. Wasted hour of my life. But I got a point, I suppose. <laughs> any ever placed any interesting ads? I know Matt that you did some 
you did some online dating recently. Did you come across any interesting ads, or did you have a do you have a witty profile? Woo. Um, nothing in like the online. I mean, there's always yeah interesting stuff in online dating. Um, but <clears throat> I worked for uh, an employer that thought it was funny to post uh, job listings on Craigslist, and for some reason she had to use ninja in like every single one of them so it was like if she was looking for somebody for you know being a stock person she would call the job like some looking for stocking ninja or something like that it was just like really i've seen that a few times recently i saw one kind of going along with that it was like for uh chipotle or something and it was like do you want to come down to audition to be a taco artisan or something and i was like what the fuck audition yeah like really like you really have to go and show your tortilla folding skills <laughs> is it really an audition here's my portfolio <laughs> well, these like, are all of my previous works <laughs> well it's like the comedian that talks about working at like uh subway and it, explaining like being a subway like sandwich artisan yeah that's what they call them <laughs> stupid <laughs> I mean, it does go it does go along with the thing with with your resume, how you try to make it sound better and your job titles better and everything. I was having a lot of trouble with my current job making it sound better. Like, how do you make a cus? Because I don't, I'm not wasn't really a customer service representative. It's one of the things that I do. But how do you make that sound better? Even because that is my official job title, or I just say you do background checks. That's all I do. I'm a background checker. Yep. What do you do for a living? I'm a background checker. I check backgrounds. Well, there's, I mean, there's definitely some merit to, yeah, beefing up your, your role or your resume. Like I, I watched a YouTube video on how to basically give the perfect like elevator speech. It's just like, basically if you're in an elevator with somebody, how do you explain what you do? Mm-hmm. You don't want to just explain, yeah, I do customer service. You want to say like, I improve people's lives by, you know. So you you want to basically oh, make give it? Give me a break. <laughs> no, but but I mean that makes sense. You always want to get an elevator pitch for anything, anything that you're trying to sell, whether it's yourself or a movie, or you're trying to get investment. It's it's a good idea yeah. to have a 30, 60 second speech that's basically like I said, just a sell speech. Whatever Let's, you're trying to I sell. I saw a meme that was about getting a job interview and i think the question was like so what interests you in this job and the response was well i i am a big fan of not starving to death yeah i thought that would be an actual a really good opener if you could laugh and be like well actually this is but i thought that might be something in an interview to totally say like well something i could pull it off i somewhat had to say that in my last interview for the job I had now is I said, why do you want this job? And, um, really it was, I, I gave them other reasons, but I, I also, besides those reasons, I said, honestly, I haven't worked for a few months and I really, really need to work. Like, honestly, I, I need, I need a job. You can mention that, but you also want to kind of show initiative. Like the, one of the things that I look for when I interview people is, uh, show some sort of initiative that you've at least, um, you know, express some interest in the company to at least do some research. So mention something about the company that in, does interest you, something that you uh, had to have researched to be able to, to know. I love answering the phone. I love it. 
I love it so much. I love answering the same question again and again and again because I love working for a company where the president has been arrested five times for DUI and gotten out of every single one of them. That sounds, sounds fantastic. Where do I apply for that? The reason I gave it to my current job is I said I came in here before and I said, "Do you have a dog that uh, that, that that comes to work here?" And I just want I would like to work for a company that a dog works here because I feel that that represents the vibe and the attitude of the company like uh, more progressive and laid back and when i came here before everyone seemed happy and laid back and besides the industry it just seems like a place i could fit in and i said and then i i also really need a job (laughs) (laughs) i mean what else am i supposed to say i mean i really the job is answering phones and that's about it like i can't say i love answering phones so the the only problem with saying that though is it tells an employer that you, you would leave, leave yeah you yeah. would leave at any point when you f- do find something that well i also always follow it up even if i don't mean it by saying i'm just looking for a home i don't i'm tired of interviewing i'm tired of moving for jobs i'm looking for a place that i can grow with and be my home away from home and expand and grow as a person and grow the company so i always add that well, in there too well what is frustrating for me is i've tried to do something else in a different industry and because of my resume that's what they think no matter what i say there they think i'm gonna leave as soon as a bank job opens mm-hmm. and it's like well not really because i'd like to do something else mm-hmm. so my nice. next thing was okay i'll try a credit union at least it's and i had no problem getting that job but you know try to get a job at i don't know where i was trying to oh into it like I know how to do accounting, and I know the software that I would be um, troubleshooting and didn't get that job. It's like, what? Yeah, and in my interview for that job I was talking about, because they're going over my resume, they're like, uh, you did a lot of training and a lot of teaching. You sure you don't want to go back to do that? I was like, oh, no, I don't want to train anymore. I mean, basically, I just feel like you have to lie your whole, <laughs> your whole thing if you're just looking for a job. Yeah, of course I would rather be training than answering the phone. Who wants to fucking answer the phone? Like, no one. Even people that like people don't want to answer the phone, I don't think. Like, who really wants to be a receptionist? Yeah, I think it. W- I think I was talking to John about the the issues that I was having trying to find a job. And, and he said, well, you need to tweak your resume. And, and I, I don't understand that. Like, what am I supposed to say? I was a teller? Because um, I've never been a teller, so... I, I don't know how to dumb down other than just say personal banker from this date to this date. Well, and for mine, couldn't... for mine, it was as simple as um, <laughs> I had people that told me that where I had my name was like off-putting. So I had my name in like the middle of the page, and I had like a crooked little bit to show my my artist. Um, so I wasn't, you know. It was something to help stand out, but it, for some reason, came across as annoying to some employers. And then the other thing that I changed was just adding bullet points to the beginning of the resume, like everything that... No, uh, I, I have all of that, but I'm talking about, he was saying in, in your job description, you take out much of what you do or change your job title, and, and I don't have that yeah. luxury of changing my job title well, to... I, yeah, and the only the other thing that sucks is you pretty much have to almost rewrite your, your resume for every employer that you. Yeah, apply I was just for. gonna say so. that. So for a while, I had like three different resumes just based on fields. So I had like my restaurant bartending resume, I had my training and teaching resume, and then I had like my media resume. 
But like Matt said, even within that, I really, you could very easily make the, um, the argument that you still have to, within those three fields, that you still have to change it for every employer just... Which doesn't make any sense to which, me. Which I even did once. the time you get like, you know, 200 resumes, so... Well, I mean, by doing that approach, I did end up getting in an interview that I may not have got otherwise just because I tailored it. I still didn't get the job. It was for one of the um, jobs here making, um, making their commercials and videos for the media company. But, but they even said, the lady that was in the thing, she's like, I read this and this and this, and that's it was like... I didn't actually necessarily completely make it for them, but I brought in a lot of the podcast yeah. stuff that I don't usually have on my resume. Yeah. I put on a lot of the website stuff. It was all, a, she even said content creator. Like that was like the big thing. Cause I had content creator on my resume and I don't ever have that. And that was like the reason she pulled my resume out. And yeah, the, and the reason why is especially some of these companies are, they, they outsource their HR. So they have like these, these software packages that basically ingest the resumes mm-hmm. and they look for keywords so that's why you have to kind of customize your resumes because you have to add in those specific mm-hmm. keywords that match the job description that they're looking for yeah, like um, so it makes it through the the filters of that application well even the mainstream ones like monster.com and stuff does that employers will go on there and they'll they'll key search job titles yeah. or whatever and bring that up because i've gotten reached out to um from monster and some of the other ones just because of those words i'm sure because otherwise i don't i've never been approached or headhunted before yeah i get i get approached at least once or twice a month by people through um in well uh indeed indeed and and some of the other websites that i've like post resumes on before and it yeah all they're doing is looking for keywords because they're saying oh based on yeah you know your resume we think you'd be a perfect match and then they tell me the job i'm like no you'd be a (laughs) perfect dog washer (laughs) so so what Let's talk about something different now. <laughs> well, I have a couple other things, but I thought we'd go to Matt's rank before I do the other things because they, they might be related. Uh, hopefully before my... The five. All right. So my list today, once I find it, is um, what five things do you hate about being asked to be in a wedding? Um, so in no order, and I'll let you guys rank this. Okay. Um, writing a speech. Picking a gift, planning a bachelor or bachelorette party, uh, wearing the the bridal picked outfit, you know, either the tuxedo color or whatever suit, um, or the the um, the dress for the bridal party, um, and then traveling to the destination and you know, okay. planning that. Well, some of that. So from the best to the worst, mm-hmm. or the worst. Well, either way, yeah. Well. I can't remember. The, so writing a speech, picking the, a gift. The easiest thing, and this will be different maybe for a woman than for a man, because it's always different, especially, if, like you said, if you're in the bridal. No woman, I don't think, usually likes to pick the... Um, the. I was going to elaborate on the outfit, because not only do you have to wear whatever is chosen, but you have to pay for it, too, right. yes. which really fucking sucks. Where again, as a so man, I'm going to say that's number one. Whereas <laughs> a man, you don't have to, is you rent it. 
You ran a tuxedo. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't matter. And you look, any guy looks good in a tuxedo I've, I've, no matter what. I've been to weddings where you've had to buy, luckily I wasn't in the wedding party, but they actually had to buy like the suit. Like it was a specific suit that they mm, like picked out. Like a western out. suit or something. Uh, but yeah, most that of the wedding, all the weddings terrible. I've been in, it's been renting it. And I would say number two, I, I have thrown a couple bachelorette parties. Um, and that is always fun. But again, I'm going to tie it back to the money because... Nobody wants to pay for anything, and it goes to the person that's hosting it, which really pisses me off, too. Like, okay, I'm in your wedding, or I'm not in your wedding, because I threw a bachelorette party for somebody I was in their wedding. So not only did I have to pay for the outfit, I paid for the the um, bachelorette party, and the, the girls that were attending, nobody helped at all. I was so mm. mad. And, I've been um, in that situation, too. Then the second one... I wasn't in the wedding. I asked everybody to pitch in before, like weeks before. I, I almost expected it because I wasn't going to get burnt twice. Yeah. Nope. Why were you planning the party and not in the in the wedding party? That doesn't make sense. I was just sense. her friend. She she only had um, she family in the wedding. She, she couldn't have her family, like a sister or someone, plan the I party? Don't, I don't know. That's she just so asked weird. me, and I'm a good party planner. I would be like, fuck you. <laughs> I actually even refused... Um, because I've had like friends that uh, have had bachelor parties and I was invited to the bachelor party because it was small or whatever. And then, oh, no, no, actually, no, I wasn't invited to the wedding, but I was invited to the bachelor party, which yeah, seems perfect for a guy. But based on principle, I was like, fuck you. Yeah, no, like, I'm not, not going to go to your fun ass time <laughs> right. shooting cars and whitewater rafting and, and doing all this cool stuff and getting strippers. But I'm not going to the, so fuck you. The next one I would say would be. I, both the gift and speech are pretty much... I'm really good at picking wedding gifts, and I'm really good at writing Sounds speeches. Sounds like you're good at everything so far. But traveling, I would say, is the best. <laughs> yeah. So Destination wedding. Because it is different for a guy, the, the clothing thing is no problem for a guy. Because even if you do have to buy a suit, it's usually something you could wear at another time. Where a woman, when she buys the uh, wedding party, what do you call it? The, um, bridesmaids dresses. The bridesmaids dresses. You can never wear those again. And they're useless, and you can't really sell them and get your money back or anything. You, you end and up they're selling. really expensive. Yeah. So even if I did had to buy a suit, that's fine. I could probably wear it again. So that's definitely the best. Um, worst would be um, the same thing with a bachelor party. Is I, I liked, I'm not a very especially good bar, um, party planner, really, but just the fact that I've gone through the same thing where I didn't have a lot of money myself, and I was expected to do it, and then I just asked anyone just to pitch in anything that can, even if it was like five bucks, uh-huh. and it was all like, no, no, no. Yeah, see. And <laughs> it was really stressful. I ended up having to put it on two credit cards Jeez. just to like do something. Um, everything else about the same. I don't think I have any other complaints. Um I mean, if it was like a big... See, my friends that have uh, had destination weddings, um, I wasn't invited to. So I've never had anyone get married that was like that far away. Kellen got married in Hawaii, but I wasn't invited. I think they, they looked to get invited in Ireland, uh, married in Ireland, but they couldn't get permission, and I really wanted to go well, there. It's even like I've got friends in like Virginia. Or, well, like my one of my best friends was in Colorado and getting married in Colorado, so I had to travel out there, which I would have loved doing. But at the time, yeah, I had like no money, yeah. didn't really have a job. My girlfriend pretty much had to pay some of the the money to to send me out there. She couldn't go because we couldn't afford to send both of us, kind of a thing. Yeah, people should get married based around convenience. To my, I tried us. to make just... mine pretty convenient, like 
even my venue was pretty cool. It was, but what really sucked is like for my bridesmaids, all I said was just go and pick out a black cocktail dress. That's all I want. And they were like, no, you have to pick out the dress. I'm like, I don't think you understand. Go and pick out a damn cocktail dress <laughs> that you're going to wear again. It just has to be black. Mm-hmm. No, you got to pick our shoes. So I picked something not so flattering for both of them as kind of like a little pun. Like, <laughs> fuck you. I'm trying to be easy. Good old easy going Heather. So what do you guys feel in general just about destination weddings it is makes it cool and, and an event, but you, but you, but then you know the other side is it does cost money for people, um, but then it also weeds out people. Maybe you don't want to come so that you don't have to spend as much on the wedding. I the don't know. The idea that I would like to do if I ever got married again, because um, yeah, you're right. The whole destination wedding thing kind of sucks for people that can't um, afford it, or people that you want to be there can't afford it. Or, or they somebody, might, or it's really hard to get the time off work, or yeah. So they have this thing where you do your own destination wedding. You get married on the beach or whatever, but it's it's live streamed so people sure. at home yeah. can see it. That sounds amazing to me because you're already where you want to be for your honeymoon. Everybody gets to see it. There's no drama, no bullshit, and then you just go on about your merry way. Yeah, everything's being live streamed nowadays. But you know, if you're at the beach, you're still gonna have to typically have really good Wi-Fi or an, you know an internet connection. Well, like there. all the Sandals resorts, they offer all of that, yeah. which I because I had looked into. Fancy. Yeah, I had looked into doing something like that, and I thought it was a really good idea. Just everybody pressured me into. You should do this for the kids. Fuck the kids. Like, who gives a shit? I should. I wanted to say that, but <laughs> listen to assholes. I, we had, I had planned a At least I could have had a wedding. good trip out of it, you know? Yeah, I was. So I just wanted to, for me, getting married, all I wanted was like my, my, my dad was the only one that I would have felt shitty not being there. So I just based, that's all, all I cared about having there. But, you know, the. <clears throat> My my fiance's family was you know butthurt because we were doing it in Hawaii and it was going to be like thousands of dollars. I was like, no, we you know we have this house we'll rent so everybody can stay at the house. We'll go to a hotel and stay there, and you guys can all stay in the house. I think no matter what, if anybody's planning a wedding, it should just only be what the two people who are getting married want the most, and it doesn't matter who shows up who gets invited who doesn't get invited because they're not paying for it well the problem with that is is that doesn't usually happen because the wedding usually is for someone particular it's either for the the wife the the bride or it's for the bride's mom a lot of times there's like one family that pays for it so it's all about them um groom usually doesn't care um I mean, it happened to me. I was married before, and I had very little say in my wedding, and I actually did want some say, and I was basically, it was all for her parents, pretty much, which is fine. They paid for everything, but it still made me feel a little bit shitty that, as Ethan said, it should be the day for the two people, but a lot of times it doesn't end up being the day for the two people. It ends up being a whole other thing for a bunch of other people. It's like it becomes a political agenda type thing, or someone to relive something, or redo something i i don't really know but i definitely had very little say in mine i didn't even 
get to pick my best man, which wasn't necessarily me, but it's part of the, part of the reason that um, Philippines Mike probably doesn't like me or whatever is that Eugene got picked as my best man and I didn't make that decision. They're both Asian, really. So no, well, Mike, Mike isn't. isn't. Mike's Portuguese, well, can, but we can. Yeah, they were both there, and someone told Eugene to go up there. I was. I wanted both of them to do something. Um, but someone had just told Eugene, like, you're going to do this and this, and Mike, you just sit there at the table. <laughs> so, wasn't really my decision. Anyways, ready for last call? Yes. Last call. Looking at the world through the bottom of a glass. All I see is a man who's fading fast. Last call. So any last words, Heathen? No. Any last words, Beer Maker Matt? Uh, I don't know if it's going to get posted before then, but just a reminder, we're doing Ghostbusters Sunday and then Life of Pets on Tuesday. Secret Life of Pets on Tuesday. Yeah, so likely the next podcast, although I am not sure when the next podcast will happen. That would likely be the movies, but there is something happening next weekend, right? My birthday? Yes. Oh. We will be in Tahoe for <laughs> Heathen's birthday uh, for Shakespeare Festival. That's what we should have toasted to. <laughs> anyway, till next week, everybody. And if you see us on the next podcast for Secret Life of Pets and Ghostbusters, the woman version. Keep it, <laughs> keep it wet, everybody. just got served.
and the, so that last one that I made had a lot more of the the jalapeno in it, so it was a little bit spicier, but it was still really good. I actually liked it. 